0: Obviously, a lot of the the subjects that we started talking about four years ago, like permaculture and um, food waste and plastic, you know, free alternatives were kind of on the fringe still. Um, But now they're so in the mainstream and and especially with the kind of the challenges that we're facing this year and people wanting to live slightly different lives. um, You know, we're really starting to see these issues go mainstream, which is fantastic.
1: Welcome back to the Sustainable Jungle Podcast. I'm Joy, and in this episode, I'm chatting with Georgina Wilson-Powell, the founder and editor of Pibble Mag, an increasingly global sustainable lifestyle magazine. Georgina has joined us before on the show almost a year ago back in episode 45, so we'd highly recommend checking out that episode to learn more about Georgina and Pibble Mag. In this episode, we're talking about the impressive projects Pebble Mag has covered over the last year, including their very own Pebble Forest. We also cover Georgina's two books that are upcoming for release early next year, and the Future Fest Pebble Mag will be hosting in November, which we at Sustainable Jungle are super excited to be part of. As always, you can find the show notes for this episode, including all the relevant links, including the link to Future Fest, over at sustainablejungle.com forward slash podcast. And now, let's catch up with Georgina wilson Hello, Georgina. Welcome back onto the show. Gosh, I can't believe it's coming up a full year since we last spoke. And wow, what a crazy year it's been. So uh, tell me, how are you doing? How has the year been for you? Um, well, thank you so much for having me back.
0: I mean, I never thought we'd be quite here when we spoke <laughs> a year ago um, in this crazy 2020 world. Um yeah, I'm all right. I think we're okay. Um, I'm based in Margate on the British seaside coast, east coast. Um, so it's been okay. Actually, we've been on the beach every day and kind of being outside as much as much as we can. And actually our team, it, we've had to get smaller, sadly, like, like a lot of companies, but actually our team's always been set up to be remote first. And we live on Zoom and Slack always. So we kind of transition pretty quickly, um, quite easily. So, yeah, things have kind of just kept going, um, just with a smaller horizon, I guess. There have been months when I don't leave my neighbourhood,
1: <laughs> like most people. You, you mentioned when we were speaking offline that you've got a pup, which has obviously helped with lockdown as well.
0: I know it's such a cliche we've got a lockdown puppy but um, <laughs> in our defense, we, we've been talking about it for years and never quite made the leap because we were in and out of London um, a lot of the time and so yeah obviously lockdown we're both at home me and my partner so yeah there's never a better time and actually it's been an absolute saving grace she's amazing um gets us out of bed every morning
1: and so nice to be on the beach every day with a the pup there's definitely worse things to do in lockdown in isolation right Oh, yeah, if I could,
0: that's where I would be all day, <laughs> quite honestly. But I've also been, I swim in the sea um, a lot. So between walking the dog and swimming, it's its quite a beach-focused existence at the minute, um, which yeah. is quite rare for the UK, actually.
1: Is it, is, it, is it warm enough to swim? I feel like every time I've dipped my toe in the, um, in the, in the southern seas <laughs> in the UK, it's been kind of chilly.
0: <laughs> I think for you, it probably would be, but... Um, yeah, it's been all right actually I started in May and I've still been swimming without a wetsuit this week I think that might be the last week um as I'm sitting here the rain has just set in so I think <laughs> autumn
1: arrived. <laughs> right and then wetsuit and then you sw- and then you keep swimming on into the into the autumn
0: uh well I hope so yeah this will be my first year of doing it so oh, uh, it's all a bit of a but it's been so good for mental health and just getting outside and stuff so i really want to keep it going but um yeah i'm a little daunted about the british winter
1: (laughs) i'm I'm so impressed because i've heard about this like cold water swimming thing and you know it's really good for you yeah it's really good for you right like it's uh and you get used to it after after a while
0: i think so I'm still swimming, so yeah, I think so. Um, ask me in January and I'll let you know. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> well, hopefully you are able to keep it up because that sounds amazing and idyllic. Um, but now, before we jump into talking about how Pebble Mac has been going over the last year, because I'm super excited to talk about some of the amazing initiatives you guys have been working on, but I wanted to ask you, mostly because the last time we spoke about this, you had the best answers. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, if you, what is the latest, coolest sustainability-related innovation, product, invention, or progression you've seen over the last year? I'm so glad I gave good answers. Wow,
0: that's that's really good. Um, I think actually it's a lot of different things for me, not not one big thing. I think there's for me there's been a huge number of like apps coming through that can really help people in their daily lives and just making this kind of. Um, convenience and ease of people cutting down their carbon emissions for me very much the focus of the next couple of years really has to be getting carbon emissions down in any way we can however we can you know with small big national personal it's it's all got to come back to carbon and i think there's there's a huge number of of apps of starting up in the uk at least that really help people navigate the world of carbon emissions and make it very relatable and easy to work out what where your emissions are coming from and how you can help reduce them. So there's one called Giki, there's one called Kogo, um, and they kind of fit into like the stuff that you're doing already. So they make it, you know, you, it, there's no extra effort needed to kind of change really simple stuff like change your energy supplier or change your bank. Um, because that kind of stuff really, really does make a difference. So for me, actually the biggest shift is this kind of making these hugely complex um you know, climate emergency issues relatable on a a daily basis to people. I think that's super important.
1: And making it actionable for everyone, even at a micro level. Yeah, exactly. Making it
0: understandable, making it actionable, breaking it down and making it feel like you've got a role to play. Um, And that it's an important role. You know, we all need to be in this together um, at every level. So I think that kind of that filtering through to kind of people on an individual level is is a definite sort of progression that, that i'm liking
1: yeah that's awesome because there's so many people wanting to do more and and help more and not quite knowing what to do so that sounds like a really awesome yeah i think this, this idea that there's going to be one
0: solution that is like the silver bullet that solves everything is is quite outdated and we're, we're hoping for that but it's never going to happen so i think taking more responsibility for our, our everyday actions and and making any way we can make that easier for people is is going to be a win.
1: Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Love that. And now we we thought we'd obviously have a big check in on how things are going with with Pebble Mag. Uh, this has been a huge year for you guys. So tell us about some of the the awesome initiatives you've been working on.
0: Um, yeah, it's been a huge year. It's been a different year as well to the year we had planned. <laughs> Um, we've had to sort of pivot and change and, and shake things up a bit as well um, but really it's been, so coming up, we're coming up on our fourth birthday um, and we've uh, reached over 1.2 million readers in that time which feels like a really big milestone um, and a really big validation of everything we've, we've been doing and obviously a lot of the, the subjects that we started talking about four years ago like permaculture and um, food waste and plastic. You know free alternatives were kind of on the fringe still. Um, but now they're so in the mainstream and and especially with the kind of the challenges that we're facing this year and people wanting to live slightly different lives, um, you know, we're really starting to see these issues go mainstream, which is fantastic. And hopefully we're there at the front, kind of helping everybody as as many people as we can and being that, that resource and hub where people can come and find advice and other you know other people that feel the same that we are very much a community and a family and I think that's really come through this year um when lockdown first started for us in the UK I started doing a daily email of like good news and different initiatives that were happening and charities you get involved with and it was amazing how many people emailed me back um you know how many times do you email back a newsletter yeah that's
1: cool
0: and we're like this is the best thing of my day and like I'm gonna go and do all this stuff um so we kind of realised the power that we have um, to connect people and, and to be that community. So that's really been a focus. And then we revamped the website, so we've made it a lot more um, accessible for people. Um, and there's been a lot of like back end development that's not very exciting for most people, <laughs> <laughs> but it means it works a lot quicker, it's a lot smoother. Um, and we've we've tried to make it clearer for people, so they know to sign up to our newsletter for for features about eco living. can now support us on patreon which i think we'll talk about in a bit and that's been really exciting and we've also um, worked with treedom to develop a pebble forest um, which is something i'm really super proud of this year because when you're a digital title or a digital product it's quite hard you know you don't have a physical anything um and it's quite hard to show impact even though we know we're having a huge impact you don't have a, a physical impact So for us to have a forest, um, we're working with Treedom, who are the most amazing tree planting um, company, Um, and we have a fruit farm uh, forest in uh, Kenya. Um, So everything that we do now gears towards that. So the more people sign up to the newsletter, the more trees we plant. We're giving away trees when people make comments on our site. And the good thing about these trees with treedom is that you get uh you can name your tree you can see your tree it has a photo diary you can see when it's being planted and how it's growing um it feels like you have ownership of that tree which is really lovely you're not just putting some money into a pot and assuming some random trees and some random forest gets gets uh, planted so yeah for me i'm actually really proud i think we're up to about 250 trees and we want to get to 400 by the end of the year
1: that's epic and I love that there's that 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 readers are rewarded for engagement with trees I mean that is that is next level <laughs> yeah everything we do
0: now is about the trees and um, it's for me it's really lovely to know that you know far off in another country there is a positive impact because of the stuff we're doing online here um, you know it, it feels like that's a really good benefit um, so yeah I mean last year we gave away one percent of all of our revenues charity and we split it across four or five different charities, which was amazing to help different people. But I think this year, it feels really nice to all to be funded in one way and to be able to see that. Um, so, very yeah, cool. so that's really it.
1: And how do they, so this is a, fr- a fruit forest. What is that, what does that involve? That sounds very interesting.
0: So they make sure that all they use agroforestry, which is this term, basically to make sure that all the trees um, are the best trees that can be planted in that region for the soil and the and the climate conditions. But they also give the farmers they work with um, a crop. So it could be cacao, it could be lemons, it could be all sorts of things. Um, so they they plant what's the most suitable, what's going to you know last the longest and absorb the most carbon. Um, but all of the trees produce a crop so
1: the farmers can then sell it and get a revenue from the tree as well. Wow, so much broader range of impact than just carbon sequestration. Very cool. Definitely, and then they monitor it over 10 years
0: because they reckon 10 years is the time it takes for that tree to kind of grow and and reach maturity. So it's a kind of long-term plan, and I think it's not cheap either, and I think it's made me look at other companies that say, oh, we plant a tree for every pound that – you know, we give or something. And it's made me kind of look at things go, well, how is that possible? Because our trees cost fifteen pounds. Yeah. Um that's that's the investment in there in that tree for 10 years. So I think, yeah, it's it's opened my eyes as well to this other whole area of the there's different quality of tree planting. Yeah. I guess. In the same way there's different qualities of carbon offsetting, which got a very bad rep a few years ago because you were just dumping money into like unspecified projects. Um, that had no oversight or transparency.
1: We interviewed um, uh, For the Wild podcast founder, Ayana Young, uh, a little while ago, and she was telling us about the same issue. Well, she's actually created her own tree planting program, and she was telling us that, yeah, not every tree planting program is equal. You you get these sort of like very big corporate plantations where it's like super cheap and it's kind of like monoculture, just smash the trees in, you know versus you know the, exactly. the it actually doesn't do any good. Yeah
0: exactly. you need diversity and you need to look at the climate and you need to support that forest over over years rather than just planting like rows, like straight straight rows of trees like you would a crop. It actually damages uh, the land rather than helps it. So I think yet again unfortunately <laughs> people have to do their research yeah. um, because greenwashing exists even in green industries, which is very bizarre
1: so treedom is a good one if so listeners could potentially support treedom directly if they wanted to as well is that definitely and actually
0: if they i don't know if we're allowed to do this but if we have a discount code which we could share um and then they get 20 percent off their trees as well. yeah
1: please please yeah absolutely
0: i can't actually remember what it is off the top of my head but um i will give it to you for the show notes
1: okay sure yeah (laughs) i'll add it to the show notes that's awesome yeah that'd be great i know a lot of people are looking for different ways to support tree programs. So it'd be good to funnel people in the direction of a, a really great tree pr- planting program. And I love the idea of having a broader impact in the community as well. That's genius. And last time we spoke, we, we talked a lot about the the impact of the media and the contribution they were making to to the climate story and and making positive change and so on. And we talked about using um using the media for good and that was Pebble Mag's main focus. And obviously that that hasn't changed much. In fact you've actually taken that to the next level. So tell me a little bit more about the um the environmental journalism and Patreon campaign. Um yeah,
0: yeah. so we decide obviously we've had a rocky year financially, like most Companies uh, and definitely most media. Um, so, we launched a, we were going to launch Patreon anyway, and we pulled it forward a few months. So, we launched it in lockdown with this idea that uh, 50% of whatever you contribute to Patreon, there's, there's various different levels, um, goes into a fund which we directly then fund and commission new journalism. Because obviously, freelancers and writers and journalists and photographers have really been suffering in this time as well. So, if we can kind of do our bit to help commission more. Um, it's really helpful and we get new voices in. And over the last few months as well, since the BLM um, protests and marches and everything have come through, we've been trying to broaden out who we're commissioning from. So we're commissioning a lot uh, more sort of diverse voices and opinions because also sustainability can seem like a very white middle-class issue. So we're trying to do our bit to bring in and include more more people in that. Um, And it's a really nice sort of closed loop you know, the readers that are in, invested in Pebble and love it and love the journalism that we produce are directly allowing us to produce more. Um, and in doing so, we're, we're supporting our, our industry, our community of, of freelancers and photographers. So, yeah, it, it feels like a really nice system. I'd like it to be bigger than it is, obviously. Um, at the minute, we're, we're sort of kind of commissioning one piece a month, but we'd like to do more. Um, but people can kind of sign up for extra content. They sign up for exclusive access. Um, so all of our Patreon supporters at the minute are getting a free ticket to our, our upcoming festival, which I know we're, we're going to talk about in a bit. But it's been, yeah, it's been a really positive system, actually, and a really positive way to look at things um, and just trying to think about how we can best use our resources to A, grow and B, help others at the same time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with how it's working. Um, and then I'm also sort of talking as well in my industry and, and trying to step up and use my voice as well um, a bit more about how... Yeah, media, we were talking about how media can be used as a force for good and the importance of la- the language that we're using and making sure we're trying to be more inclusive um, and bring people into the debate. Oh, it's not really a debate, really, is it? <laughs> Just bring people into the issue of climate change um, because, you know, it can feel very polarised. It can feel very um, combative. Um, and really, we need to take everybody on that journey with us. So how can we, you know, use language and use positive storytelling and how can we use media to do that? Um, I think it's really, you know, it's a really testing time. Um, if you look, for example, like even at like the, the California wildfires, you know, no one's really talking about how they're climate driven in the States. Um, so just even even looking at what's being emitted in the news is is really interesting and quite scary. So yeah, we're, we're trying to sort of see where, where we fit into that and what we could do around that. Um, but yeah, it's, I think unfortunately there's so... Many crisis, crises, crises <laughs> going on. Everyone's attention is is so split, um, and obviously we have got to make sure that we're all okay first. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tough time to kind of cut through. I think as well.
1: Yeah, there's there's a, so much going on and so much distraction at the moment. We've got like the US election, we've got COVID, we've got all of the different crises, crises, crises. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it's> <laughs> Now I've forgotten how to speak English. Um, yeah, it's 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 tricky to get the the climate conversation back on the map. Um, so I think you know every every everything makes a difference, right? Every single conversation and every uh, piece of media that's positively aligned makes a makes a big difference. Definitely, and I think. I think
0: we do have this chance. I I don't know what it's it's been like with you guys, but a lot of people in in the UK have suddenly gone, oh, we want to have more of a connection to nature. We want to slow down and, you know, we want to live a bit more healthily or naturally. Um, You know, there there has been, we don't want to be, you know, commuters and all that convenience food and just grabbing sandwiches on the go and stuff, which is great, but there's a disconnect between that. And then the bigger issues, the sort of climate emergency issues that we have. So I think it's a real, I think trying to work out how we bridge those those things together, put those things together is, is really interesting.
1: Yeah, how we seamlessly slide out of COVID and into solution-oriented climate fighting, I think, is gonna be the <laughs> focus that's of 20, 2021. Yeah. <laughs> but interesting that what you were what you mentioned about Patreon and uh, you know that that's been a big challenge for the media industry as far as I'm aware. At least I've heard the debates um on the podcast scene about uh whether you Add advertising, you know, uh, to the beginning of your podcast or in the middle or whatever it is, you know, like the big podcast providers like NPR and so on do, mm-hmm. um, or whether you ask for, you know, Patreon support from from your community. And I think it's it's such a tricky one, but but if you have that community, um, that dedicated community that really loves what you're doing, I think it can work really well with Patreon, which sounds like Pebble Mag has, right? Definitely. Although
0: I think, I mean, just, just you know, to be very candid, you know, Patreon's never going to pay my wages. It's yeah. never going to, it's never going to run the site. It's, it's a kind of additional fund for us that we, we then use to fund new journalism rather than putting it into the the operational side. You know, you have to take the advertising money, um, and we we try and square that off and, and work with ethical companies. You have to sort of do everything because I think. There's so there's so many people who um, who don't want to pay for media and don't see why they should that it's it's really damaging the industry. Um, so, yeah, this is important to kind of find revenue where you can.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. Let's let's talk about the stop hate for profit boycott on Facebook. What was that and how, how did Pebble get involved?
0: It actually leads on directly from from the sort of last question, which is kind of the horrible business realities kind of impinging on what you want to be doing. Um, so yeah, stop hate for profit. I think it started in July, and it's a, a, a campaign that started in America about uh, publishers and media companies and big brands um, taking their ad spend away from Facebook and Instagram um, in response to them not taking down misinformation and carrying on sharing um you know political stuff that's not true or fake news whatever you want to call it um so yeah so that that's where it started and I saw that Patagonia you know joined into it and a lot of big brands and some publishers and I just thought actually this is where we need to belong this is our this is the people we believe in and, and share values with um and also I feel more and more uncomfortable spending money with Facebook mm. um for a law, you know, for diminishing returns as well um but it doesn't fit the values that we have as our business um and i don't really understand what they're doing quite honestly um but i think we were saying sort of offline it is it's a really difficult decision so we've done it for three months we've definitely had a negative impact um you know we've we've our reach has got smaller because we used to advertise a, a little bit on on facebook um so yeah, it's a really tough one as an independent publisher, how you balance your ethics alongside the need to obviously, you know, grow and reach your audience.
1: They just have so much power, right? Like Facebook and Google, you just like, well, you know, I, one of my friends in the, in the US has like moved his entire life off the big platforms and onto these sort of more niche providers of, of data, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, for, for fear of them having too much control and too much power. Like we've all watched, um, Westworld and black mirror and so mm-hmm. on, and they get quite scary. Um, but, but it, it's interesting for, like, if you, if you're running a business, you kind of, you, it, it's gotten to the point where we re- rely on them, which is kind of scary.
0: Yeah. And I think the scariest thing is sort of taking the, taking the spend away and then kind of going, Oh, it actually does make a difference. Yeah. Annoyingly. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a balance. Um, it's a tough one. I mean, we're going to try and not spend as, or, as much as we can or spend as little as we can um, to kind of make sure that we're still in the game. But, yeah, it's. I think as well, you know, there is there is a growing movement. I know lots of celebrities turn their Facebook off for a day, which is kind of nice, but <laughs> there was a, there was a sort of thing to put, pointing out that everyone was back the next day flogging their products, so I don't really know. Where, how I feel about that um yeah it, it's a it's another dilemma really isn't it
1: <laughs> yeah like so many of these things eh? but um you know I, I think I think sending a strong message through boycotts like this does work you know I think Facebook will get the if, if enough people do it and enough voices are raised I think it will have an impact
0: definitely and it's good to have the discussion as well you know I I sort of talked about it on on LinkedIn and, and a couple other places about what we were doing and yeah it sparked some nice discussions so I think that's really important as well
1: yeah absolutely so let's talk about you because you personally have some pretty exciting news you have written a book and I just want to pause there and say wow how have you found time to write a book within the last year that's really incredible very very impressive um but yeah I I want to hear all about it
0: um I'll tell you a secret I've actually written two
1: no way (laughs) get out of town. (laughs) Let's focus on one at a
0: time. <laughs> um, well, I started, um, I got approached last, this time last year to write, is it really green? Um, which comes up now in January. It was actually supposed to come out in May last year. No, this year, sorry. Um, but obviously, COVID, you know, happened. Right. Um, so it's all about the kind of eco-dilemmas that you have at home, that, you know, you might not know what to do for the best, so you do nothing. Um, and it's the kind of stuff you type into Google maybe late at night and kind of go, oh yeah, I should do something and then don't. Um, but the idea is by having it in a really easy to read question and answer kind of book, you can dip in and dip out, refer back to it. There's super, super lots of stats um, about countries all over the globe. So it's it's got a global uh, launch. I think it's coming out in Australia as well. Awesome. Um, so there's there's sort of relevant bits for, for people all around the world. Um, and really, it's things like you know, should you use a dishwasher or wash up by hand? Should you buy a new car or a secondhand car? You know, what's how can you reduce your sort of carbon emissions around flying if you have to fly? Um, you know, so there's there's lots of kind of thorny issues in there that uh, we try and like give a really as, as clear answer as we can. And then there's lots of stuff that you kind of go, no, this is this is clearly better than this, so just do this. <laughs> so hopefully it will spark discussions hopefully people can read it and use it in their families and give it to friends and it's a nice way in as well for people who perhaps feel intimidated um by the whole sustainability sector um, or don't feel like they're green enough or you know don't feel like an eco warrior um it's not about any of that it's about the sort of simple changes we can make at home you don't even need to tell anyone you're doing it um <laughs> You know just you know even like the difference between turning a heating down a degree and kind of talking about the difference that makes and you know the simple stuff like putting lids on saucepans to stop you know to reduce the amount of energy you need to, to boil something wow. um so it's it's all geared around you know what you do at home and a lot of it doesn't cost any more money in fact it's going to save you money
1: that's super cool wow i never thought about the dishwasher Lava. now I'm going to be stressed about I'm going to have to read the book and find out about whether to use the dishwasher or the hand washing uh yeah
0: so it comes out on the 7th of January but you can pre-order it now um because we had it ready for for May but then I've had to go back and rewrite quite a lot of it um because COVID um so we've we've we had quite a lot of stuff around offices and like office culture which obviously we've had to change oh, and then yeah. around traveling traveling and commuting we've obviously had to change as well
1: mm, put those in the appendix for later <laughs> where we all go oh, back God, to normal <laughs> <laughs> gosh yeah how frustrating that you had to write rewrite so much of it oh how annoying
0: but also to
1: forward guess what the world's
0: going to be like in January is a bit um scary so we've yeah we've done our best
1: well, you might have to do, a, you know, every two years do an update type of thing, which would be really kind of <laughs> should
0: be a nice, a nice little career there.
1: Yeah, just stay on top of the, uh, on top of the, on top, on top of the eco dilemmas. Be super helpful. <laughs> well, that sounds like such a handy book. It's the sort of thing that you'd have in your kitchen, and every time you're like, "Oh, should I?" You'd quickly look that up, and it would be like your exactly. little bible. So That's handy. That's it. <laughs> Love that idea. And the second one, are you allowed to talk about that or is that later?
0: Uh, Yeah, I am. So that um, comes out in March. It is called the Eco-Conscious Travel Guide. Um, It's actually all about train travel in Europe. So it is 30 different circular trips that you can do across Europe on the trains. So trying to stoke people's imaginations um, and get them traveling by train, by not by plane, obviously we're kind of, our travel is changing anyway. Um, But the idea was that I spent most of the summer traveling the trains of Europe. (laughs) So obviously that hasn't happened. Um, So I've had to sort of write it from my kitchen table, which has been a challenge. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Actually it's, it's a, it's a book I would want to go and buy and read, which um, yeah, I think is a good thing.
1: Gosh, I wish I'd had that back in 2005 before I went on my Europe trip around. (laughs) It would have been very handy. Uh, But then back then, we weren't flying for $1 flights. You know, it was still the expensive URL or whatever. Um, So I imagine we're going full circle now, which is good.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think a lot of people, again, aren't sure how to navigate. You know, perhaps you did it as a student, um, but aren't sure how to navigate it now um, and what to do or where to go. So it's really, again, trying to just cut down cut down that um uncertainty and just be like this is this is, this will give you an awesome holiday go and
1: yeah. do this oh amazing i love that like all the decisions made for you you don't even have to <laughs> Thanks. perfect i'm good at
0: decision making yeah i can help <laughs> you
1: with that <laughs> very cool well those both sound amazing and i'm so impressed that you somehow managed to write two books that is i would love to look at your schedule one day could show us your calendar how you actually fit in writing two books on top of running a business on top of having oh, a puppy which is very demanding <laughs> Well,
0: I mean, the lockdown just suits it, doesn't it? Like, stay at home, and I'm not very good at not doing anything. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> put it, put it, you've put it to good use. Very impressive. Let's just recap. The The first one, uh, is it really green? That's coming out in January. So you can mm-hmm. pre- pre-order pre that now on?
0: Uh, on Amazon or on, I mean, we have a thing in the UK called Hive, which is like independent booksellers. Um, but, yeah, Amazon, I guess, for For global. For global. Um, yeah,
1: and the, and then the what is the second one called? uh The eco
0: conscious travel guide. I didn't have a hand in the title.
1: The eco conscious um, travel guide. Okay, <laughs> and that's coming out in March.
0: That's coming out in March. Yeah, they were meant to come out so basically a year apart, and obviously that hasn't happened. Okay, so, <laughs> so that's gonna be really.
1: Spring. <laughs> so, that's good. Uh, okay, well, I'll put the links to uh, at least at least to is it really green uh, in the show notes for anybody who wants to pre oh, or order. You. I'm sure many people will. I certainly will be pretty keen to get my hands on that copy. Sounds so handy. And then and then later in the year, purple Mag will be hosting what I imagine will be the first ever virtual festival, which is going to be called Future Fest. It's very exciting. What is the festival going to involve this year?
0: Um, so obviously we were gutted that we can't do physical events anymore. And like last year, that really, we did four big um, so thousand person events in London last year. And they were really the highlight um, of this, again, community coming together. Our, our readers actually you know, come off, you know, come into offline, if you like that. Um, you know, they were all arranging to meet up in the Facebook community that we have. And then people were making connections. And you really see this lovely balance of, like online media and offline events and we have a community in the real world which is which is super exciting so we really we had a whole series of events planned and um, which also had to scrap so we were trying to think what to do and then this idea again of bringing people together of having something positive to work on having a project for the end of the year became really important um and as we were talking about it um i've been inspired by quite a few different books this year. And really they all have one thing in common, which is this idea that we're missing imagination. Um, and we need imagination to really power the future and and, and create the future. This idea that, you know, we, we've all got these targets, haven't we, you know, we want to get to net zero or we want to be carbon neutral and different countries have got different sort of deadlines for doing that. But no one actually knows what that's going to look like. You know, what are the what are the brands that you're going to buy? What are the services you're going to use? What does your home look like? Um, what is life look like if we're carbon neutral? So, this is really the theme of Future Fest. Um, we wanted to kind of ditch the problems. We, we know about the problems. Um, you know, we don't need to kind of keep going over those. Um, but, what are the solutions and who's going to get us there and what does it look like? So, that's really the focus of it. And then we've taken all the bits that were really popular in our physical events. So, the talks, um, workshops, a big ethical market. Um, and we've kind of reimagined them to work online. So I think we've I think we found a way that they are really interactive and really fun um, in, in a sort of uh, format that's going to feel quite slick and innovative. It won't just be another Zoom call where you're kind of just sat there <laughs> looking at other other people's faces. <laughs> um, and then as well, we're doing I think this is the world first. We're doing the world's first ever podcast stage. So we're getting 10 of the world's best sustainable podcasts to record us a live episode over the weekend, using our ticket holders as a live audience. And I'm so excited that you guys are involved and going to be one of the first podcasts that
1: records. Thank you so much for inviting us. We are very excited about it. It's going to be great. <laughs> we have never been involved in a festival, let alone a virtual festival. So it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. We're super excited. Yeah, there's lots
0: of uh, tech kind of know-how going on behind it, but it's really nice that we're starting the day. Um, so both the Saturday and the Sunday start with Australian podcasts. So so you and Wardrobe Crisis are kicking off the podcast stage both days, and then it moves on to like European and UK podcasts, and then we're ending the day with American podcasts. So this kind of idea that we're going across the world, uh, you know, recording stuff, I, I really love. And also we've realised uh, one of the benefits of running a virtual festival is that we can have an audience from all over the world. I mean, we Pebble has quite a big Australian audience and we have quite a big American audience. Um, and obviously, even in the UK, having all of our events in London can feel quite um, exclusive. So this anyone can join and all of the content as well is being recorded and then it will be available for one week on demand. So you can be in any time zone, you can listen two days later, you can catch up when you feel like it. Um, So hopefully it makes it a lot more accessible, um, which is really important to building that community.
1: Love that. Oh, it's going to be so exciting. And I I just wanted to touch on the theme. I didn't fully appreciate that this was going to be about ditching the problems and focusing on the future to that extent. Uh, And and I just think that that is the best way forward. I I don't know if you've seen um, the movie 2040. It was an Australian film that came out. Um, oh, it's on my list
0: actually
1: i haven't yeah. seen it yet. oh it's just so great it's so inspiring and it makes you feel like we're working towards something you know uh that we all want we all want that future like no one looking at that movie would be like nah that looks terrible i don't want to live in that future you yeah. know like nobody would say that it just looks so great for everybody so um exactly yeah, yeah we get
0: a bit of excitement, and there's so much innovation happening and there Are some really exciting things happen, and I, I, I think unfortunately they're getting a bit lost in this awful year that we're having. Yeah, um, really wanted to have something at the end of the year that was really forward looking and positive. And actually, you know, we want people to go away from the festival feeling upbeat and feeling like they can make changes or that they're gonna, I don't know, help crowdfund something that's really important to them. Or, you know, we want so we're going to be using our Facebook community a lot over the over the festival encouraging people to talk to each other and connect and you know just so you're not just sat, I mean, you know it can be so isolating I know you guys have been in lockdown for months um, everyone's kind of isolated at home and obviously we can't all get together in the real world but you know having this sense of community online I think and building a safe friendly space is, is really important.
1: I love the idea of community because I'm sure a lot of the eco warriors out there listening will agree that sometimes it can be feel never mind lockdown and isolation in COVID 19, but it can feel pretty isolating to be in your little eco bubble when your, you know, friends and family don't necessarily agree or have the same views. So it would be, you know, it's so nice to be able to connect with other people that are like minded and think this, you know, think in a similar way and can share, you know, tips and tricks and hacks and ways of doing things and ways of thinking that are, you know, really productive and helpful for the, you know, for us doing better as humanity yeah
0: yeah definitely and i think it's you know coming together and sharing our problems and and working on things together is is really important now more than ever so hopefully we can we can help with that so that's um i'm not sure if i said the date but that's the 7th and 8th of november
1: very cool and the website has just gone live so folks can go over there and and book tickets now is it ready ready to go
0: it is. It went live yesterday, which is really exciting. So it is uh, Pebble Um okay. And then the tickets are on Eventbrite as well. So, um, yeah, and also the price point is, you know, accessible for everybody, I hope, as well. That was really important to us. Awesome.
1: Very cool. Well, definitely worth uh, visiting the website and checking it out and buying tickets if you're so inclined. Sounds like it's going to be epic. Very cool. And so it's like full two days of just jam-packed fun.
0: Yeah, I think it's 10 till like uk time 10 till 6 both days and we're ending both days with a kind of virtual pub um of course you are <laughs> that's awesome fun. oh and we have we also have a music stage so um there'll be live uh djs streaming uh music for two days and they're all going to be in like a tree house um sort of kind of vibe and then the more people that watch uh it and dance along in the living rooms the more trees we all plant so going right back to those trees
1: oh very cool I love that where did you find DJs to do their thing in tree houses that sounds next level well very handy <laughs>
0: my, my business partner runs a thing called my house your house which is a live DJ streaming across the world so he has um corralled all of his DJs into uh spending the weekend with us um helping people dance retreats
1: it's so cool wow that's going to be a lot of fun how interesting yeah i hope so <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to ask you though on a slightly more serious note or maybe not i'm not sure the um the, the actual business side or the operation side of setting up a virtual festival versus what you did last year feels like a like a quite a different skill set have you found that it's been like a fun challenge or has it been a challenge you know a difficult challenge or Um, what what has the process been like for you guys it
0: hasn't been too different in terms of the programming and stuff um so that's actually been quite the same but actually in a way easier because you haven't got to physically get speakers to a location and it also means we can have people from all over the world so that's been a real benefit of of kind of going oh we really want to want that person to speak you know they can do that from from New York or Australia or whatever. Um, luckily, the, the the business partner that I mentioned um, has been the kind of go-to person in the UK right now to kind of take your, your physical event to a virtual one. So he's worked with some really big uh, award ceremonies and big cultural festivals here um, to do that. So we're in really, really safe hands from a tech point of view. I haven't had to um, think too much about that. I know we can do something that's really cool and, and sort of not seen before. Um, but also, you know, trying to get people, I guess, to commit to sponsorship and, and to get um, that's been quite difficult because um, no one really knows what they're doing right now. Um, but yeah, actually, I've been surprised. Um, I thought it would be a much bigger mountain to climb. Um, we've still got a few gaps in the program that we're trying to sort um, and get people's commitment to. But um, yeah, it's been OK, actually. And it's been nice to get out of the day to day running of the business and focus on a project. Um I do love a project, as you can
1: probably tell. Oh, yes, I can tell that. <laughs> yeah, well, very satisfying. I'm sure that it's going to be a ton of fun. I'm very much looking forward to being part of it. Well, oh, um, like the day
0: before when I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then afterwards you're like, that was the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, let's do it again. That's generally how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you, before we close off, uh, whether you have any other reflections or thoughts or you know vibes you'd like to share from the past year you know having you know spent time in lockdown having written two books having set up a virtual festival having like taken you know pebble Mag to the next level you know it's quite a lot that's gone on anything else that you want to cover or share i'd probably say
0: do what i say not what i do. Um when you put it like that, it seems like I've done nothing but work. Um, I don't know. I think this we are all supposed to be slowing down and finding time in nature and being outside more, which I have definitely been doing. Um, and someone I, someone was sharing some advice yesterday on a, a group I'm in and they were talking about this this idea of this year being a big pause and just um, just sort of floating, just keeping maintaining the status quo is actually a win. You know this idea that we can grow in this time, or we can kind of achieve what we wanted to achieve, is is perhaps unrealistic. So just keeping going is actually a really important thing. Um, obviously, I've, I'm not sure how or what I've been doing fits into that because I seem to have ticks off a lot of things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think for me, I I struggle to kind of let go and slow down. So that's something I really want to work on for the rest of the year. Um, and actually let go a little bit, um, especially as we're coming into winter.
1: Yeah. I I I suffer the same ailment and it's really hard. It's actually you have to be so conscious about it, right?
0: Yeah, I've just started doing some breath work actually and that's been really interesting. Um this you know this sort of like meditation but very much focused on your breath. And um yeah that's something I want to sort of do more of over the winter and, and actually be a little bit more selfish.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Get some in there definitely i'm sure you know it's really needed right like they say the old um saying about keeping yourself topped up so that you can keep doing the good work you're doing right you have to have to do yeah, it and i'm the worst at that <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> that is probably my biggest like downfall mm-hmm. um so yeah don't 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 do what i've done i think this is the <laughs> advice i would give people
1: fair enough and uh, you mentioned before that you've read some really great books this year, so I thought I'd quickly tap into that and just get a download of your favourite reads from the year.
0: Yeah, so um, one came out at the end of last year, so I hope that's allowed. Um, of course. But it's by a guy called Rob Hopkins, um, and he wrote a book called From What Is to What If. Um, again, it's all about this lack of imagination or death, death of imagination, and it goes back to you know very early days in the way our education systems changed and play is kind of sidelined. And, and as adults, how we don't play enough and we don't um, let go enough and we don't dream enough. And it's this idea of, you know, again, how can we imagine, how can we solve the problems that we have if we can't imagine a better future? Um, so he was very much the sort of guiding inspiration for the festival. And, and amazingly, he's going to do his podcast at the festival and do a, an interactive session around the power of play, um, which is going to be really super exciting. Um, so come and join that for sure. Um, and then two books that have come out actually really recently. So one is um Less Is More by Jason Hickel. Um and that's actually all about uh how capitalism could only ever have ended up causing a climate emergency and how degrowth is actually what we need now. So this idea of unregulated growth and um how it could only end up in one sort of in, in one terrible way um and what we do about that. So that's super interesting. I haven't quite finished it, so I can't tell you the ending. Um, and uh, there's another book called, what's it called? It's called English Pastoral. Um, so I don't know about in Australia, but this idea of regenerative agriculture is really taking off here and the idea of sort of rewilding the land and using permaculture and really trying to reverse the effects of industrial um, sort of mono planting and, and sort of the industrial farming complex. Um, And it's the story of an English farmer who's had the land for three generations and actually how he has turned the land back to where it perhaps was two generations ago. So before pesticides and these these kind of monocrops and and GM food and stuff um, and how his farm has absolutely blossomed and thrived by him doing that. Um, So his name is James Rebanks. um, And that's yeah, that's a wonderful book.
1: Wow that sounds like a great story. I love the regenerative agriculture movement. It's so exciting and it feels like it feels like such a no-brainer. I mean I know nothing about yeah. agriculture so maybe there'll be some farmers scoffing at me but I really feel like it's it just seems like it it's feels such a magic. no-brainer. Yeah it really it does. It makes it do its
0: thing and getting on with it and actually the benefits are amazing. So um, yeah I think I, because he is a you know, he was a very traditional farmer, and he's kind of completely changed. I think it's it, it is cutting through. Um, and he's a wonderful writer as well. So it's this really beautifully written, you know, family story um, of this of this wonderful landscape. So yeah, it's it's a good book, whatever your sort of feelings.
1: Even better that he's a convert. That's like that's exactly what we need. <laughs> exactly. um, have you seen the movie the the biggest little littlest biggest little farm? I think it's biggest oh i think ever.
0: i've heard of it i haven't
1: seen it yeah i think it's called the biggest little farm and you would love it it's really inspiring and all about regenerative regenerative agriculture oh i have to go and look that up definitely. yeah it's very cool yeah you i think it would be right up your alley if you need a good um <laughs> good friday night doco to watch well i guess That's it's a... definitely <laughs> For anyone who doesn't already know who Pebble Mag is, uh, where can people find it online and, and get stuck in and join join the Facebook group? And
0: um, So you can find Pebble Magazine online at pebblemag.com. And then we have all of our new content and our weekly news and everything else in our newsletter. And you can sign up to that on the homepage or the link in bio in our Instagram or Twitter accounts, which are just Pebble Magazine. Um, and then we have a big Facebook community called the Pebble Pod. Um, so come and join that, um, and yeah, it's it's a really really friendly group. I've never had to moderate anyone in four years, um, so come and enjoy that friendly, supportive uh, network of eco people.
1: I uh, after we spoke last time, I joined the Pebble Pod, and it's awesome. I can highly recommend it to anybody oh, out there. Brilliant. It's really, oh, it's really fun, and I love the the questions that get asked. You know, every day, sometimes multiple times a day, it seems. Uh, really like thought-provoking interesting questions and then you get tons of comments of like amazing suggestions and ideas from people which is really inspiring yeah
0: the best bit for me is reading everyone's comments because quite often half the people in the pebble Pod have way more experience than I do and and knowledge about these things so it's really amazing to kind of let that out and I think the questions it's probably my bad scheduling (laughs) I think that's what's the cause of that
1: (laughs) it might just be you know like facebook just messes with your you know feeds like sometimes you know you'll get something that was posted a week ago and sometimes you get things that are current. that is true yeah that is true georgina thank you so much for this lovely chat and good good to catch up with you and find out all the latest goings on at Pill mag and i'm super excited to see you at future fest
0: I'm super excited too. Yeah, we'll finally get to see what each other's look like. And uh, we can go into the virtual pub afterwards and have a beer.
1: Yeah, I'll even do my hair for it. How about that? (laughs) Same here. (laughs) Look forward to that. It's always super fun and energising chatting to Georgina. And we're so impressed with the important work that she has done and continues to do. If you haven't already visited Pebble Mag before, we'd highly recommend it. And of course, do consider participating in FutureFest, which is sure to be both full of learning and full of fun. Thank you as always for listening and we will see you next time.